Hello <laughs> and welcome to the first ever Busy Teachers Club podcast. Um, I'm joined by the wonderful Amy Henderson. Um, we are going to be talking about starting out. So whether you are a newly qualified teacher or a trainee or wherever you are really in your teaching journey, I guess we all at some point experience some level of anxiety related to starting out, whether that's starting at a new school or um, simply starting a new academic year. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, just a bit of background about how me and Amy know each other. Um, we met 10 years ago now, 11 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. So we both went for um, a teacher of English job at our school, which we're still at now, 10 years later. Um, I told Amy my entire life story during the interview process when we were in a room together. And we um, have become best friends ever since then. So um, it was a match made in heaven, wasn't it? You can't, you can't really say no now when I said it all like that. <laughs> no, it's all true. It's all true. Um, tell us a bit about your role, where you're at now, how you kind of like progressed through um, the channels, um, I guess, in the 10 years you've been at our school. So obviously I started like you as a teacher of English um, and then became second in English, um, shortly followed by curriculum leader of Access and Achievement, which oversees our school SEND. Um, and I am currently now assistant head teacher and oversee a number of areas, including pupil premium, um, transition, marketing, um, so look at look after quite a few areas in school and oversee year seven. Amazing. OK, so loads of experience then. Um, I've got two questions for you today because we're going to keep this nice and short and sweet. Um, the first one is how would you recommend going about establishing yourself as a teacher? So whether you're an NQT, a trainee, you, you're attending, you, you're starting out at a new school. Um, how do you go about establishing yourself as a teacher? I think for me, it, it's about being really comfortable with the school systems um, and, and that can that they can change if you're in the same school and just starting out again in September. Systems change all the time. But knowing them really well, I find, gives me confidence in the classroom and it gives other teachers confidence in the classroom. Um, knowing your students as well as you can before you enter the classroom, I think, is really important. Uh, making sure you've done that kind of background research on the students, whether that's a SEND profile or, you know, talking to other members of staff that may have been there slightly longer than you. Um, I think that's, or I've taught them students before, I think that's also really important. Um, but, but the main thing for me is about owning the space that you're in. Um, it's a long time since I had a classroom mm -hmm. of my own, but I think... I found that quite a powerful thing to have and I think the way it looks what you're surrounded by the things that are on the walls has to say something about you as a teacher and you as a person I think your table organization you know how you've laid out your room is is really key to kind of establishing what you expect from students um, and making sure you know seating plans are done in advance it's one of those jobs that you kind of think takes a lot of time before you start in September but I think if students come in with a really clear kind of place to sit and and, and you you're the person telling them that's where they're going to sit it just it, it just creates that kind of boundary that you need right from the start and um, they're, they're the main things for me that I think 
really do allow you to establish yourself as a teacher and obviously the 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 other things like planning and teaching brilliant lessons knowing your subject all of those things just add that extra layer um, and students trust you as a, as, as a professional and they trust you as the person that's kind of imparting knowledge to them amazing so when you say um you know your classroom needs to reflect who you are why do you why do you think that is and what what do you think you can gain from that as a teacher I think that relationships between a teacher and student are the most powerful things um it's the most powerful thing you can you can have um, and I think if your classroom says something about you they're coming in with a little bit of you know a little bit of knowledge about who you are from the very first second that they meet you I think it just it, it's something to refer back to it it can also build your confidence you can use it as a way of, mm-hmm. of, of reminding yourself of key things that you might want to talk about in lessons be that literacy based or whatever that might be it just gives you it, it can build your confidence allows them to know a little bit more about you before they really know who you are yeah great I had for example um a Disney themed don't know if you remember in my first (laughs) classroom I had a Disney themed um Dory and Nemo board about finding your way um and it was like kind of about different paths that they might take um within the subject um and they loved that they loved that there was a connection to me and Disney and that was something that they might not have um maybe associated with me at start because I am can be a little bit strict um (laughs) but it was a way like you say it's a way in it's a bit of a nugget of information that you are a human being you know not just kind of um a shell of a teacher you've got likes dislikes opinions and like you say it helps to build those relationships that you need in order to have a successful working classroom um the other kind of thing that I guess I wanted to ask were was I guess um you and I I'm curriculum leader in English for those of you that don't know um we tend to do lots of observations so my next question is what tends to come out of autumn term observations in teachers early on in their careers for me the biggest the biggest thing um I notice with with teachers early in their career is the closed questions teachers it, it feels like we are afraid to um have the silence when we ask a kind of a, a larger a more open question I guess is what I'm saying so it's it's about not being afraid to allow the classroom to be quiet for a bit allow that thinking time allow that you know allow students to process what they think to bigger questions because you know some of the most powerful thoughts come in times mm-hmm. of quiet so I think it's it, it's the question and answering it, it seems to be very quick when when you observe teachers that are quite new in their career whereas actually it shouldn't be that quick you know we all take time to think about our responses to important questions and 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 students need that just as much as as we do as as, as adults and as teachers so yeah. i think it's that not being afraid to to have some silence and and not be afraid to listen you know sometimes students will get it wrong and and actually the great the great teachers are, are teachers that are comfortable in in be, being able to guide students from where they start 
to hopefully where they end in 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 their knowledge of whatever it is talking about yeah definitely so not kind of using feedback as a um oh I've done a starter task I need to take two minutes of, of quick feedback so I'm just going to ask 10 people and they're going to give me one word answers instead of it being like that as a kind of box ticking exercise kind of not being afraid to delve deeply into the answers to extend them to develop them to um you know to develop student understanding of whatever it is that you've been working on absolutely you know I, I think I think when you're newly qualified sometimes you're afraid yourself that you might not know you, you might not know how to do that but I think naturally if you know your subject which is a really important starting point um you you will be able to do that if you're not afraid of those silences if you aren't afraid of getting the wrong answer we all we you know we, we all will give a wrong answer in in our time and and it's it's important to be able to talk students talk to students about why it's wrong and and, and kind of guide them guide them in the right direction I guess rather than being too restricted by the lesson plan that you've spent I'm sure about four hours on the night before or the day before or the week before kind of stressing about not breaching those parameters you know having the flexibility from early to be able to do what's necessary in the lesson to ensure the most progress is made by your student so you know allowing it to flow a little bit more which again can feel extremely daunting because I know as a newly qualified teacher in particular or a trainee in particular you are still finding your way and what what works for you as an individual teacher um but having a degree of flexibility is definitely useful because it is certainly something um I mean 10 years in I couldn't be more flexible now you know if there is in a, a starter activity if I uh, come across a misconception for example I might derail the whole lesson um, and make it about that misconception and, and, and work on that instead of the thing that I had planned um, and I know that that comes with time and experience but I think if you can start with the idea of flexibility in your mind and not being too restricted by those kind of restraints of a lesson and um, a lesson plan then you're only going to going to build positively in the right direction um I totally agree I think one of the things I always say to newly qualified teachers is within the first half term plan for a lesson where you don't have a plan and, and, and by that, I don't mean don't don't have a plan for where the lesson will go and what you want to teach, but where you're not relying on technology, for example. So mm -hmm. because it, it's a skill that we learn over time, but we can actively learn that faster if we give ourselves opportunities to not have a PowerPoint behind us while we're teaching and, and actually just use the resources in front of you because that you, you, you're less likely to feel um, as restricted by the plan if you've not got that PowerPoint and I'm not saying do that all the time because that would be very stressful but if you can plan to do that with every class once in a half term you know that's that's if you've got five classes five opportunities to to kind of hone that skill I guess is, yeah. is what there yeah great um one of the things that i um spot kind of in line with what we've been just talking about there um is pace so mm -hmm. you might have an hour lesson and you've been observed by your mentor and you've spent hours and hours and hours and hours cutting out resources setting out glue sticks and highlighters and making the classroom beautiful and prepping the children and marking the books and hours and hours and hours and hours have gone into the preparation of this which 
in my opinion, is is not necessarily something um, we should be doing for, for observations. But um, when you prepare to the absolute nth degree and you've thought about your lesson plan and every single minute is accounted for, um, I, I feel that, that some people set themselves up to not being able to complete um, the cycle of learning and what you set out to achieve in the lesson uh, within that hour. And that can sometimes feel quite deflating and quite disappointing when actually, um, instead of rushing through the 12 things, you know, doing three things in, in a bit more depth would have um, got a better result. So I think being, I guess that links to flexibility in, in some ways, but I do think that, you know, keeping an eye on the time, and thinking, for example, you know, realistically, this starter is a is, is a big philosophical question that I want students to um, debate in there with their shoulder partner, for example. Um, they're going to spend a few minutes on that and come up with some hopefully um, inspiring ideas about their thoughts around it. Um, how much time is realistic for feedback on that? You know, if you're scheduling in a two minute feedback for that, you're not you're not going to even scratch the surface of the depth that they will have hopefully covered in their conversations or the depth that you could have teased out with your questioning. So if that's the case and you and you do actually need four or five minutes of, of feedback for a task, then just be realistic with that and then think, OK, well, that's going to take, an, you know, um, shave a little bit off the um, the development task or the introduction task or, you know, where are you going to then shave that time off because it's not gonna it's not magic um you know you're not going to be able to find extra time you've got to think about where it's going to come come from and i think planning those things carefully can help you to um not come unstuck by having no time for a review or no time for um some thoughtful writing towards the end of the lesson because you've spent 35 minutes feeding back on that philosophical question you know is that realistic is that necessary so thinking about your timings in a realistic way I guess is the very long-winded way <laughs> the short-winded way of the long-winded thing I've just said I guess if that makes sense total total sense I think it's really important that we remember that if we when we're learning ourselves if you are given too much information or you're doing too many things is that learning being embedded I would argue not um so I think it's it's about reminding ourselves that you know there's only so much a human being can take in in one hour mm -hmm. um and we need to make sure that's as powerful as as possible you know and those conversations those fee feedback moments are some of the most powerful moments I've yeah. ever had in my classroom yeah um, and certainly in the most powerful moments I've seen in other people's classrooms so you know it, it don't undervalue those moments and, and and not give them the time they deserve um, equally on the flip side of that don't give them too much time if they don't need it so exactly. if you've just done a you know a true or false or a matching up activity for your starter don't spend 15 minutes going through the feedback because that's going to take away from the more powerful moments of the lesson perhaps so just being mindful of that I guess um, and also it comes with reflection. A lot of this comes with reflection. And I know that this is a, a term, a word that's banded around loads early on in your career. Reflect, reflect, reflect. But it's true. You know, there are at least a handful of lessons 10 years in every week that I come away from thinking that could have gone better. At least a handful. Um, and it comes in the reflection. Well, why is that? Oh, well, I, I took too much feedback here or 
you know, actually this development task that I'd, I'd created didn't engage them as well as I thought it would. Um, and so the next time you go again, and it's about having that mentality rather than seeing every kind of, oh, it didn't go as well as I planned as a as a problem, as a, a pointy finger at you, another stick to beat yourself with. You know, it's a process and it continues to be a process for the however long you decide to stay in this profession. It never stops. We are constantly on that hamster wheel of um you know development development thank you <laughs> i know i'm blank then development that's why we're best friends because we finish each other's sentences um okay i'm gonna cut it there just because i want these podcasts to be nice and short um for you to listen to um and for this and for them to give you a bit of an insight into some of the content um that will be on offer in my subscription so Starting on the 15th of September, um, I'm launching a subscription membership to Busy Teachers Club where there will be an abundance of um, CPD um, opportunities, resources galore um, and lots of things to do with teacher and children well-being. So it's about developing you professionally, looking after you personally and supporting you in the classroom. Um, and September is all about starting out. So we're going to cover things like setting behaviour expectations in, in the classroom, um, as well as a number of other things. Um, so if you'd like to check that out, you can head to the website www.busyteachersclub.co.uk or you can visit the Instagram page for more information on that and get yourself signed up exciting I can't wait to sign up <laughs> all right then well thank you so much um Amy for joining me and I will see you when we go back to school in in I don't want to think about how few days that is <laughs> okay thank you all right cheers bye, bye.